Welcome to Pity Party Over, the podcast for people, teams, and organizations seeking practical ideas for results in greater happiness. I'm your host, Stephen Martini. Let's pause, learn, and move on. Pity Party Over is brought to you by Align, A L Y G N dot company. Hello, everyone. I'm Stephen, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Pity Party Over. Our guest today is Simona Curci, an organizational development practitioner who has honed a practical approach to managing change from many years of helping people, teams, and organizations. Simona believes that change is a dynamic process that resembles a dance, requiring forward and backward movements. Sometimes the best option is to stay still and let things be as they are so people can adjust. So without further ado, Let's welcome Simona Curci to PD Party Over. Simona, so I know a bunch of stuff about you, but um, people who are going to listen to this episode, they don't know anything about your background. So you are Italian. Would you mind sharing with me where you grew up? I was born in Turin, in the north of Italy. Turin is uh, a quite big uh, city, but uh, I grew up uh, in a working class neighborhood. So I didn't experience the, the center of the city, the feeling. Uh, I experienced a different uh, reality because I grew up with uh, a lot of kids who are in difficulties, who were in uh, families uh, who were struggling to make ends meet. Some of uh, these kids uh, had uh, parents in prison. So it was quite uh, a strong experience for me. But I think that it was uh, educational in some way. Because um, from this, uh, I learned something like uh, how to find the good in each person, for example. Find uh, the good also in a difficult situation. Or also to put in perspective what are you feeling? What are you seeing? Because, uh, for example, when I was uh, in difficulties with my homework, for example, then I stopped and I so let me think about other difficulties. Maybe it's not so heavy. And then you said um, those kids that you helped, in return, they helped you as well. They protected you somehow. I was uh, very good at school and of course these kids had uh, difficulties and I used to help them to make homework, to study, but uh, I um, didn't let them uh, to copy my homework. I work with them in order to create the condition in which they can do by themselves. And at the end of uh, the year, we were very happy when they passed the exam. Sometimes they gave me some uh, presents, little presents. Or there was this dough death situation, <laughs> to use a Latin expression, in which, uh, for example, they started to protect me, as you said, to protect me because uh, the environment was uh, tricky in some way. And, uh, for example, uh, sometimes there, uh, there was uh, some uh, guys who tried to light my hair on fire, for example, something like this. It's a real <laughs> experience. Uh, I had my hair on fire. For a joke, a sort of uh, bully approach. And um, these kids who were for this kind of environment, 
they used to cope with this kind of situations. I wasn't able to cope with these uh, situations, but they started to protect me. So it was a sort of mutual uh, helping, a mutual uh, friendship also in difficult situations. One thing that also you pointed out, which resonated with me, is the fact that you had a humble and simple parents, you know, and my parents were exactly the same, but I'm so grateful that I had um, very humble and very simple people because somehow they really helped me to put things in perspectives. How were your parents with you? My parents were and are beautiful people. They are humble and simple, as you said, but they teach me every day that uh, giving is better than uh, taking. Last day, I was uh, speaking with my mother and she said, okay, I'm happy when I can help someone in my family or in my friends. Uh, of course, uh, they are not rich. They don't have uh, a lot of money. The small amount of money they have, they use it to help other people. And this is a great inspiration for me. There was a book from Adam Grant about the taker and the giver and how in the companies, often the givers are more successful than the taker. And this is strange. If you look at the simple definition, the takers are able to take what life gives them and givers are oriented to help others. But still, Often, givers are more successful than takers. This is interesting. What I was thinking is that you have also to define what is success in order to understand this kind of uh, affirmation. Yes, 100%. Now, I was thinking, do you think that being a, a giver or a taker is something that you're born with? It's just how you are or it's something you can learn? I think that you can learn it. Life can teach it. And at the same time, it depends on how you decide to read the situation, to approach the situation, so to answer to the, the different situation in which people put you. You have to consider that, of course, there is, a, of course, a DNA, but I think that every human being is an integrated sum of different aspects, for example, regarding the origins, the DNA, the geography in which you grow up. Also, the environment, as I said before, for example, I think that the experience with them, the kids, I said before, learn me how to be a giver. How can be a part of happiness, of wellness, to feel that other people are doing well with your health. I think that this, you can learn this only if you experience this kind of uh, magic. I don't know, it's a sort of magic. Your notion of success for yourself, is it always the same or has it changed over time? When I think about my told um, about the future when I was uh, young, I think that I changed my mind uh, a lot of time. As uh, Alice in Wonderland said, I changed myself uh, six times from this breakfast. <laughs> but 
if I should find the pure rouge in my vision, it was very, very simple. Always to be happy and to love. I think that uh, it's not a matter of what do you do or uh, which kind of profession or job or um, how many money you have. It's a matter, a matter of uh, feeling well with yourself and with the people you love. I know that uh, it can uh, sound a lot of uh, easy, this kind of uh, concept. But I think that uh, it's the root of every success. I love simple. I tend to believe that simple concepts help quite a bit, you know, to be happy and to love 100%. And who is Chiara? Chiara seems to be an important person in your life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Chiara is a friend of mine. She was very important in my job experience, but not only, of course. I met Chiara at university. She was from a family completely different from mine. His father, he is an entrepreneur. And so she has this uh, company. Now she is the CEO of the company, of course. And uh, so she grew up uh, in a completely different environment from me because uh, she was uh, surrounded by books and uh, I don't know, this kind of party with the important people. And she was able to sustain uh, this kind of uh, cultural conversation. I wasn't absolutely able to, <laughs> to afford. But she told me my humble beginning didn't make me less deserving as a success than other people. She told me that uh, people can be helpful to each other. Despite uh, the origins, uh, the family, the surroundings, it's a matter of momentum in which you can uh, integrate you and the other person. And Chiara also told me another important thing, that the sun is always there when you keep it in yourself. She is uh, a ray of sun. We had this, uh, I don't know, nickname. And... Uh, I was uh, always so ready to fight when I was young. She said that uh, I was Rambo. And uh, she always uh, was with the smile on her face. And so she was a ray of sun. But uh, we learned together how to mix uh, the sun and the Rambo part. It's always a matter of uh, balancing and integration. If Chiara were here now and I asked her, how she feels you contributed to her life? What would she say? Well, this is interesting. This is a very interesting question. I think that uh, yes, <laughs> I will ask her <laughs> after this conversation. Um, she said that uh, I listen a lot. So I am a space in which you can put your thoughts, your uh, considerations, and I offer my point of view without evaluation. Another part of um, our mutual uh, <laughs> friendship is that uh, we support each other. So when she uh, doesn't know how to sustain a situation, when she has to take a decision, for example, also for the business, often she asks me, how do you see this situation? 
And I think that she finding me in this kind of ability to give her my answer, always with the part of a funny approach. This is another part important, to have fun when you are in front of difficulties or decisions. Life is too short to be taken seriously, I always say. I think that this is another, another important part to be successful. The importance to give, but also the importance to smile and to be out-ironic. Yeah. The word that I use for all of that is often lightness. Yeah. Building on your uh, concept, uh, I would like to add that uh, this word, lightness, uh, is another important word for me in my life, also in uh, the professional part of my life. Italo Calvino used this word that said that the importance of lightness is that it's not superficiality, but the difference between lightness and superficiality, the difference is important because you can go deep into your life and at the same time maintain lightness. When did you find out about organizational development? Because based on what you said, you sensed really early on in your life the need to contribute to people's life. But how did you get into, you know, human resources and then organizational development? It is quite funny because when I started the psychology at university, I'd like to become a criminal psychologist, like in the movie The Silence of Lambs. Because I didn't know that the organizational psychology exists. I never, <laughs> I never heard about this kind of discipline. It was Chiara who introduced me to the organizational psychology uh, environment. And so during the university year, I decided that I don't want to look always at this human being alone with his pain, his or her pain, talking with the psychology about problems and conflict and pain and uh, the years uh, in the past and so on. No, it wasn't my cup of tea. And so I decided to look at a human being in a different environment with other people looking forward and not backward and building, creating something, creating values together. And when I finished university, I started with uh, a stage in uh, a consultant uh, company. So I became a very young consultant. And I started to feeling that not only it could be interesting to see how people together create value, create new things, I started to look at me as a facilitator. I can help, as I've done in the past, I can help in creating something. I can help in putting together thoughts and emotions and perspectives, and I can be a catalyst. This is one of my motives. We are catalysts, so we are nothing. <laughs> this is an important part of my vision about uh, myself and in general i think uh, that is uh, in the human being this kind of uh, ability 
to be a magician, the ability to do alchemy. When you read about magician and alchemist in, in the past, they do this. They put together and create something new. It is quite magical as people when we take the time to listen to other people and we create their space for another person to be truly, you know, what happens is quite transformational and it's incredible. I want to ask you as a catalyst for change, that's a beautiful job. It's wonderful. How do you preserve your energy? Because working with people is wonderful, but at the same time, it takes a tremendous amount of energy. How do you preserve your energy? This is, <laughs> this is very, very difficult because uh, I am um, an enthusiastic people, okay? I have a lot of energy. I like this kind of uh, job. I like to put together uh, people and uh, to create something new. And I like also to drive organizations, for example, toward a cultural change in order to create this environment in which people can do their best, can be themselves, can express opinions and ideas. This requires a lot of effort because when you try to change something or when you try to put together different people, you meet a lot of resistance. It's normal. We listen about uh, the resistance to change uh, in different uh, books uh, and uh, studies. So when you are in this situation, you often make one step forward, two step backwards. One step forward, two step backwards. You put a lot of energy and you look that things are going backwards. Why? I have two strategies to afford this kind of situation. First one is to look at the, the step forward and two step backward, not as a waste of time or waste of energy, but as a dance. When you want to dance, you have to, to do one step forward, two step backward. You can also listen to music if you want. And in this case, it can be funny. You have to find the rhythm. You cannot dance if you go always forward. You are not dancing. You are marching. I don't know. In the companies, of course, we have objectives and we have to reach our objectives, to go free to our objectives. For the cultural change for people, it doesn't work in this way. Simply, you cannot push people all together in the same direction, at the same pace, with the same rhythm. You have to find the right rhythm. And so in this situation, you have to dance. Of course, it's not easy. Also, because uh, then you have to explain to your boss that you are dancing. So it's not so, <laughs> it's not so easy. What I discovered, especially in the, in the last year, is that if you try to push forward too much, you experience uh, more resistance. Sometimes you have to be flawless to follow the flow. And sometimes people who know that you have different thoughts about the situation, people know that you 
would like to do something different instead of being in this situation. And they challenge you. They say, Simona, what do you think about this situation? Don't you think we should do something different? But you have to breathe and to wait. I define this the opossum strategy. It's easy. Play that. Simona, what do you think about this and that? <laughs> I'm not feeling, I'm not moving my, myself, I'm here. And in this way, I can breathe. I can recover energy. And I can let them make their conclusions. Maybe they, in that moment, they are thinking that I'm giving up, for example. If uh, until yesterday I said, okay, people, we should try to share these ideas and we should try to be transparent regarding this and we should try to. Then the day after, I said nothing. People remain, look at me in a strange way. Sometimes they help me if uh, I'm feeling well. It's a matter of recovery energy. The opossum strategy is very important if you want to continue to be positive. Because if you don't play that sometimes, you are not able to be live in the future. If you are frustrated now and frustrated tomorrow and frustrating a little bit of frustration today and tomorrow and again, at the end, you will be poisoned by this. But if you stay still and focus on your breath and leave things close, sometimes it can be very helpful to be more positive to have more energy tomorrow. If I understood correctly, the opossum strategy, it means also to give people space. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is very important because when you have an idea regarding how things should do, you risk to take the space for you instead of to let people express really themselves. And also, if uh, what people are saying is not good for your idea, for your direction, it doesn't matter. It is important to live space. It is important to live, uh, they experience this moment, and you experience this moment. And you should also accept that sometimes you are not able to change. I found this um, Japanese uh, word last week. Shikata ganai. Shikata ganai. Let go of what you cannot change. Recognize that there are things that are out of your control and that's okay. Let go and focus your energy on what you can change. Choosing the right time to do it. Uh, yet. This is uh, very important in my opinion. And also what I learned is that uh, if you give people time and space, they will surprise you. This is another thing that for me is very important. I'm always surprised by people. It's not only a matter of organization, it's also a matter of family, marriage, relationship in general. If you think that uh, you are able to anticipate what people are doing or saying, you are losing some value. If you look at people like a, a child look at the world, you will be surprised by people. 
it's also dangerous in some way because in the past some colleagues of mine uh, said that I was Alice in Wonderland. I always be wow, oh, it's fantastic, wow. They said, okay, reality is not this. In reality, people act inconsistently, for example, or with rage in order to create your damage, something like this. I love what you say, because in the dance of change, you cannot constantly pushing people, dragging people where you want to go. So it is a dance and we all proceed at different paces and sometimes another person may require extra time. One thing that you share with me, which is probably connected to this, is the fact that organizational systems, their culture depends on so many different things. Every single organization is different. The two polarities, two extremes in organizations is one side to have um, a more task-oriented focus, another one to be more people-oriented, to be more about control or to be more about trust. So how do you find this balance between uh, how much should be people, how much should be, you know, task? This is a dilemma uh, typical of all the organizations. You can also think about, uh, I don't know, the different kind of organization. The, the army is uh, an example of organization with uh, control task. You don't have to think. You have to act exactly as I am saying you to act. At the opposite extreme, you have anarchy. People are completely free. We trust each other. We can do what we want. Neither one or other of these examples are um, the right receipt for the success of the organization. And I think that each company should reflect on where is the company in this continuum, where I am now, and where we want to put our company in the future. Because also along this continuum, you have a dance. You can uh, move uh, uh, right and then uh, to step uh, um, on left and so on. Because the company is uh, alive, like a human being. And of course, uh, cannot be static. When uh, I think about finding the right balance, it's a dynamic balance in which you integrate these aspects. What the studies are saying now is that we are going toward trust, transparency. I fully believe that it's important to integrate these aspects in the organization because these are the conditions in which people can put together thoughts and ideas and to be creative. Okay, in organization in which you have only control and talk, you don't have trust. People are not able to speak up when they have ideas or when they don't agree, for example, with a decision. Of course, we should consider that organizations are hierarchical systems. This is important. I don't want to push toward an idea of organization in which everyone can decide how to behave, for example, today. Basic rules are important. 
strong values are important. Clear direction is important. But then you have to trust your people and to treat them as an elder. I usually use uh, this uh, metaphor with my colleagues. When we think about uh, the people in our company, we think of them as children or as adults? This is the question. Because if you think that they are children, you have to control them, you have to limit, for example, their time management, you have to decide when they should be in the office and when they should be free in vacation. You have to decide on behalf of them. But if you treat them as adults, you can ask them, for example, more things. You can collect their ideas. And then, of course, there should be someone who decides. Do you think, based on your experience, is change harder at work or at home, in our professional life or in our personal life? I didn't find very different the change in the life from the change in the job. First of all, because I live my job as a part of life, so I don't have this separation. I'm an holistic vision of a human being, of myself, of my life. And so I think that changing the job or changing uh, the family and, uh, and from a certain point of view is easier on the job because on the job you have a clear vision. You can define projects. You can persuade other people using uh, PowerPoint <laughs> and other kinds of projects. Okay. You can use consultants also. In life, in the family, for example, it's um, more difficult because uh, I cannot uh, convince my husband uh, to change something uh, using a PowerPoint presentation, for example. <laughs> also my daughter. But I think that uh, it's always um, a result of uh, genuine exchange of ideas, the genuine interest in uh, what other people are seeing, are feeling, are thinking. Also with the, the husband, the daughter, the family, and, uh, and also in the family, it's very important sometimes to play that. <laughs> I think that uh, I create the opposite strategy uh, starting from family. And marriage uh, requires the ability to play that. Yeah, there was also a movie. I don't know how to say in English. But in a movie, there was this, uh, this sentence, la capacità di disinnescare. Oh, disinnescare what? Situations, conflict, uh, um, because I think that the conflict is something that is very valuable, very important. It's very important because uh, a way to exchange ideas. But there are situations in which uh, the conflict uh, cannot give any value. Because uh, the base of uh, the conflict is not constructive. In this case, it's better to disinnescare. You say deactivate. Deactivate, yeah. It's better to deactivate. And the ability to deactivate is very important for marriages, relationships, uh, relation with uh, your uh, daughter, uh, and also in the organization. How do you find the balance between... Um deactivating and uh, continuing pursuing what is important to you. So one thing is to give space and time, and one thing is not to give up. 
So how do you find the balance? I'm looking for the balance constantly. <laughs> Actually, it's not a matter uh, to find the balance. It's a matter to search the balance. To act, asking yourself if you are acting to find the right balance and the right integration. A constant movement is not something static. It's not something that you can find and say, okay, this is the right balance. Of course, uh, it's also a matter of period. There are periods in which uh, I need to recover energy and I see in the opossum uh, approach other people in, in which I have a lot of energy and I need to do, to say, to... But I think that the best way is to alternate these uh, approaches during the same day. I am uh, enthusiast and uh, breathing. In five minutes, I can change this approach. It's very energy-consuming. This is energy-consuming, yeah. I want to ask you, we talked about a lot of different things, and all of them, to me, are really, really important. For people who are listening to our conversation, is there anything specific about what we covered that you think would be really important for them to remember? I think that there are some words you can use to remember this kind of approach. The dance, the opossum, <laughs> it's very important, it's a very beautiful uh, animal. Uh, to have fun, to be funny and to have fun. This is important because uh, I think that it's important don't take life or job or situations or conflict too seriously. Okay, We put too much uh, weight sometimes and so the lightness it is another uh, concept for me, very important. And another reflection based on what you were saying, we don't talk uh, a lot about the ability to stay, of welcoming, of listening, the ability of let things go. And I think when you were saying this, I was thinking about the importance of the balance between masculine and feminine, for example, and between the Western thought and the Oriental thought. It's always a matter to find the positive and to integrate your project. I love it. I think you should write a book. That's what I think you should do. <laughs> no, I'm absolutely, I'm not able to, to write a book and not, especially not in English. I think that sometimes two important secrets are, first of all, questions. Ask yourself, what I'm doing? Why I'm doing this? In which part of the continuum am I? I am dancing enough. Something like this. Ask yourself the first one. And the second one is uh, find your magic word. Find your magic word because you can have a magic word that helps you to deactivate, for example, in some time, or to find, to recover energy, to find the right perspective to look at the situation. My magic word is enjoy. Enjoy. You know, my magic word and I know it's going to sound self-promotional, but it is my magic word. It is pity party over. <laughs> yeah. When I have a moment and I, uh, and I start complaining or feel crap, you know, there's always that pity party over moment, which really I tell myself, okay, enough is enough. It's time to move on. You know, there's no value in continuing in this state. You know, you've been there. It's time to move on. And it kind of um, does the trick for me. You're like, okay, 
let's move on. But I love your word, enjoy. It's very simple. Simona, thank you so much for sharing all this with me. I believe this episode is going to help truly a lot of people. Thank you so much for your for your heart and your wisdom. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for listening to this episode of PD Party Over. Simona Cucci points out that you can't force everyone to move in the same direction with the same rhythm. If you push too hard, you may end up creating more resistance. Like a dance, you must find the right rhythm, sometimes stepping forward and sometimes stepping back. Simona jokingly refers to the opossum strategy as the moment during the change in which you have to play dead, so to speak, which means doing nothing. Stillness does not mean giving up, but it is the opportunity to refine a more effective strategy, balance energy, and give people time to process change. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please get in touch with me via email or LinkedIn or sign up for a free live session. You can find all the details in the episode's notes. Please subscribe to the PD Party Over podcast for more insightful conversations. PD Party Over is available on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other platforms and apps. I invite you to browse our leadership and managerial development programs at align.company. Align is A-L-Y-G-N dot company. Until next time, be well and thank you for listening.